0: who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Social Workers Rise. Before we hop into this week's episode, I wanted to take a moment to show my appreciation, and my gratitude for one of the reviews that was left. This is on iTunes and it comes from, there's no name, but it comes from M Mail 6950 and it's titled, Great Podcast, 5 Stars. She uses this platform to help therapists give this a listen. So, thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your kind words. And by rating us in the iTunes podcast, this just helps us with the algorithm and to show up a little bit higher in the search results. And it helps other social workers just like you find us and join our community. So with that, we're going to hop into this week's episode and be sure to stay until the end because I do have a special announcement and updates on what I have been up to and what I will be doing this summer. So be sure to stay and take a listen. For now, let's hop in the episode. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Hi, Katherine. Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Social Workers Rise. I'm excited to be able to talk to you again. Uh,
1: yeah, thank you for having me back.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if you know this or if I've told you, but your episode that you that we did on vicarious trauma is the number two top episode of the season
1: that's amazing yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so congratulations
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you how exciting I'm glad that um I've actually received some messages about it too and people reaching out saying it really spoke to them and so it's really exciting exciting to be able to to connect with other social workers you know and um, other professionals in the field that's
0: great Mhm. And I feel like it just speaks volumes about where we are in the social work field which I know you understand you know we've been we've been talking about this for a long time that with the vicarious trauma that is it's really hard and I know that you talked a lot of it, a, a lot about your experience with just not feeling supported in the workplace. And I feel like a lot, a lot of people can relate. I know that I can relate. And I've just spoken to so many other social workers who feel that the job that they do is so very, very stressful. And it's just chronically, chronically stressful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Overwhelming. (laughs) I I completely agree. I think that honestly, like hospitals and community mental health agencies, I think are really, really high stressful jobs. And it's really tough on social workers as well as supervisors. You know, I think that um a lot of the times pe- social workers had um experiences where they think you know it's it's us versus them sometimes you know leadership versus the social workers and honestly what in those settings they're really going based on their own supervisors right regional directors and things like that and i think that um it kind of it, they become a little jaded in terms of like the stress that they're being uh put you know, kind of just um, they're projecting it onto their workers, you know, the the social workers. And I think that a lot of the times they've also lost track of their own um, path in terms of the reasons why they went into the work. And it's just the amount of pressure to meet certain standards, to meet quota, to meet documentation and, and things like that. I think that that stress kind of it's it's kind of a ripple effect you know it kind of trickles down to the social workers and we're the ones that are in the field and you know in the trenches you could say and I think that that's what the result is is that you know this lack of support this lack of uh, being valued and being validated for the work that we're doing and so um, I, I you know I it's a big thing and I think that right now more than ever given the current political climate and everything that's going on i think it's so important to support each other and um and just be there for one another to be able to process to be able to validate just to be able to say and recognize i know your job is stressful and it's going to get even more stressful in the upcoming months and years and so um, because we just really don't know what's what's the future now. And so I think it's really, really important to develop these um, communities for one another, you know, and, and just kind of empower and uplift each other. That's really all we can do and just be there for one another.
0: For sure. But I think we do know, I mean, I feel like I have a really good inkling of where we're going. It's so fascinating because right now, we're at a turning point, not only in America's culture, but also with social work too, because so before this, and I went on this gigantic rant, I was on my soapbox in like one of the first episodes about <laughs> how the field of social work has become complacent with burnout as the standard, mm-hmm. as, you know, oh yeah, it's normal to not feel supported. It's normal. Yeah, apparently it's normal for vicarious trauma for burnout and and we as the industry they acknowledge that it's very very hard but there's not a lot of support available for us and I'm not okay couldn't sit back any longer and not do anything so I wanted to (laughs) you know just start something start something for for more support for for this there because we have already been stressed out, and we have already been burnt out. And with this new changing climate, where we're in the spotlight, I just saw today that the president of NASW is going to be talking on MSNBC about social work and police. So we really have the national spotlight, and we can't we can't keep going like this, Leslie. It's just too much. We can't keep going, and there needs to be a massive, massive shift. In the culture of social work, which I'm hoping to start, you know, with us and, and to join, to join hands with other people who are out there, you know, like you and me, who are also doing this work and reaching out to fellow social workers and to new social workers and say, hey, you know, it's okay, we've been there, let me help you
1: yes definitely no i'm complete I completely agree we can let this opportunity pass, which, like how you said, the national spotlight, and so um what we can do at our level it starts it starts now, right, empowering and just being there for um, social workers to say no we can, we can speak up and we can change the standards
0: <laughs> exactly yes, because we have been trained on advocacy and really taking a stand in our ethics, however, we, we just don't do it for ourselves (laughs) beyond belief that we continue to, to downplay our importance, or maybe we've never even been taught about how to communicate what we do, because so many times I've seen social workers just say, Oh, you know, well, I'll do what I can like, no, no, you're not going to just do what you can. You need to be able to speak to your experience and have that show in your notes and your documentation that you are doing therapeutic interventions that have been proven, they're Mm research-based, that this, that you know what you're talking about, that even if you are visiting in hospice for therapeutic presence and emotional support, we know in grief that that, is what matters. Mm-hmm. That is what matters. If they don't say a word, but you are there, that is what matters and that is your intervention. But it's and then it's it's hard to communicate that to other people and then how does that show in our value and our worth and then you know that translate to our salary too.
1: Exactly.
0: And no. in the business world, sorry, <laughs> I'm on my soapbox again. In the business world you know, our salary is what shows our value and our worth because people say, Oh, well, you know, a social worker can can get hired for for fifty thousand with a master's, you know, what what are they gonna do? But mm-hmm. if we change that and say, No, we're providing therapeutic interventions to to help your customers or your clients cope better to have less customer complaints, to have a more happy and satisfied customer base. I mean, that's just using it for business, right? Mm -hmm. Then that translates into like thousands or millions of dollars, depending on the company. And so our value and our worth is there. And I feel like we just need to have confidence in ourselves and be able to communicate that and also have the tools to really do that, to show the results. I don't know. It's
1: exactly. Like I think that, <laughs> No, no, no. You're you're spot on. You you really are spot on. I think the most important thing I think the first step would be social work title protection. You know, the fact that we don't have title protection just kind of speaks to like they in a sense don't really know what we do, you know, mm-hmm. that they don't feel that we have authority to our title the fact that so many individuals call themselves social workers you know that that are not it it just speaks to what they think that we do and so a really important thing would be to to start there right because and I think secondly having that would really help in terms of the financial um, state that social workers are put in in terms of we don't have enough funding for the programs that we work for and then in the community you know the, the impact that we're making because they don't see it beneficial and I think that you were spot on with all of that you know the fact that you know the government and all of these agencies that really do put a budget in terms of community outreach and just like mental health profession in general it's just not it's not it's really minimized a lot and then I think that right now we do have the platform to really speak volumes in terms of how important mental health is, how community mental health and support and resources could could benefit immensely, you know, with the right funding. If we had enough resources for ourselves to be able to help the community, you know, to, to put more social workers in the schools, you know, to decrease that school to prison pipeline. Like it's just so many things, you know, that we can replace and, and really – we put in these situations where we can make a difference if if we just have the right people listening and the right people funding us, and it really just starts with title protection. And so I agree that I I think that we can't let this opportunity pass, and that I think that now people are seeing how important social workers are in the field and you know, I just want to go from there and, and just really help social workers know that and be able to support them and say, no, we're, we are a value and and we're here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And I know that there are some states with title protection, and I am a big supporter of title protection, mm-hmm. whatever that might look like, you know, it it's important that we are able to standardize and hold each other accountable and just know like oh you have your LCSW that means that you can do therapy you can do interventions you can do you know whatever it is X Y and Z mm-hmm. and and I know that there's a lot of a lot of different opinions on what that looks like because macro social workers right now don't necessarily need a license mm-hmm. and so you know but that's what I feel like the licensing and the qualifications is a whole nother thing a whole nother podcast that we 're not going to get into right now, but, <laughs> definitely but just to have that standard scope, because right now, since our profession is being looked at so closely, all of these, and of course the media is going to focus on all of the failed cases exactly all of the that have come out, and in the comment, I probably shouldn't have read the comments of <laughs> in the Facebook, like about (laughs) articles from the general population, but they were just so awful.
1: (laughs) I try to stay, I really try to stay away and just be there for individuals that are really asking for support. (laughs) Because yes, it's exactly how you said. I think that right now I've seen a lot of um, even just divide within social workers have personally, you know, that you know colleagues of mine have been affected by, and so it's just it's so disheartening, especially right now, seeing that in our community and it's it's this divide, and it shouldn't be that way and and I just I'm really empathized with those individuals that are that are struggling to defend the social work um <laughs> career and degree and their profession and so I, again, it's it's very heartbreaking to see, you know, as well within our social work community, you know, kind of be divided and just against each other. And, and that's not what our values are about. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, it's part of our code of ethics. It's in our own ethical principles, you know. And so I think a lot of, you know, social workers cannot be silent. And I mm-hmm. and I and I really, really is heartbreaking to see that divide. And I, I'm sure the current environment, it's just making people question their own values, but it shouldn't be that way. It's, we we all came into the profession to help and, and it's, it's really having to look internally in terms of like, am I, am I in the right field? Am I doing the right thing? Um, you know, what was the reasons that I came into social work and, and really just analyze that for themselves and have the self-awareness. So I think that, I really, I, my heart is with those individuals and those social workers that are struggling because they feel so isolated, Mm -hmm. you know, for speaking up for social injustice or whatever the case might be, or for their own, um, for their own mental health and health. I know a lot of social workers in the field are essential in the hospitals and the individuals that are still seeing patients and then not having the support of leadership and their organization to protect them. So I I feel for all the social workers right now having to, um, in this unprecedented time, having to go, you know, kind of like go as you go, you know. And so I I really feel for them. And I I just want to be able to be there for
0: support and just emotional um, validation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I I heard from one person. She said that she felt isolated in her work because she felt that the other social workers were not acting ethically, that they Mm -hmm. were not just really understanding the social justice aspect of, of the black lives matter movement. And that she felt that she, you know, could just couldn't, couldn't speak up. And so I'm hopeful and optimistic that, here with Social Workers Rise, we can begin to create a community where people do feel supported that we are acting in an ethical way because even though right now we're focusing on new social workers who want to go the clinical route, it's all connected, right? It's, we're all within the system. Okay. So therapy, it does have a part in macro social work and mm-hmm. connected. So, so it's just so hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so hard right now. And, and it, it really pains me that we do have such a lack of support, but you know, I am again, optimistic and I am, it is my goal and my mission to change that. If even for one social worker that they are able to feel supported through this community, then, then it, it's been accomplished.
1: Yes, I completely agree it's um <laughs> It's a lot like the the starfish story that we're told when um when we're so we're so, in school in social work, and um I think that yeah, if we can help one social worker through my podcast through um talking to them through a message, whatever the through a training, whatever the case might be, I think that we had succeeded i I completely agree hmm
0: And this work is never, it's never going to be done. I realize that this endeavor that I've, I've created, it's never going to be done. And that is okay with me. Cause I feel like this is my calling. Like this is my, my mission. I just love social work so much. I love social workers. They are literally the nicest, kindest, most empathetic people I've ever met in my life. And at the same time, they are also oftentimes not confident in themselves. They're not sure of themselves. They don't know how to communicate their skills. And just with burnout, that, that makes us like burnout has those, those um, that impact on us. So Mm -hmm. for example, when in my work, I did a whole training on, on coping through crisis and recognizing the signs of burnout. So now I am able to understand and say, Oh, right. When I start to feel like, is this working? Am I even doing this right? Am I making a difference? Does this all matter? That right there is a red flag Mm -hmm. because it does matter. It's just that the amount of workload that we have sometimes. And, and like you said, the amount of starfish on the beach,
1: Mm -hmm. if we,
0: if we start to lose focus, on this one person or this one case and how can I help this one because our boss says we must throw uh, what <laughs> let me see we must throw 60 starfish in the ocean this week and document and chart and go to all these meetings just to prove that we are doing it.
1: <laughs> exactly exactly
0: <laughs> and at the end of the day it's like WTF. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> you, you, you lose track of the path that you were on, but it's, you know, I hope that, you know, the work that you and I are going to be doing helps individuals have that self-awareness and get back on track.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. And so that's why I'm so excited because I feel like this is really our first step in going forward and offering support to people. So you have graciously collaborated with me on the, on creating the therapist, <clears throat> the essentials for future therapist. Mm-hmm. And this is a five course virtual series that is going to be offered at the open date. Oh gosh, I lost my calendar, but the open date is going to be June 29th. That's a Monday. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have a calendar, but uh, for the VIP list, so basically, I wanted to just talk about why we're doing it and who it's going to help and kind of where this idea came from. So this idea came from us, this whole conversation about needing to support people, and I was talking to you about this, and you were like, hey, I'd love to help.
1: I was like, yes, yes, awesome. <laughs> yes, my my experience wasn't the greatest, you know, postgraduate postgraduate school, and so I really would not want to, you know, a lot of the times when I was just talking, having conversations with fellow social workers, it's like exactly what you said is very normalized, very, um, yeah, that's typical, <laughs> you know, and it's like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you just got to go through the trenches. Yeah, that seems seems pretty accurate. And I said, No, you know, we shouldn't. I, I mean, yes, I thank you for normalizing. But no, why are we? Why is this okay? <laughs> why yeah, is this it's, okay? And I just wanted to know no, if, if I can help a social worker out of grad school or or a new professional going into a clinical setting help them at least a little bit of handholding, a little bit of support to just say, Hey, this is what you're going to, this is what you're going to experience. This is possibly what you're going to go through. Let me help you. Let me tell you what I did um, for this so that you don't have to go through what I went through and feel unsupported and feel that you're constantly, sinking you know it's that sink sink or swim mentality is is just not okay and like why can't I'm we just sure I understand oops why can't we take <laughs> <pay laughs> siri? siri doesn't get it either yeah. really it's just not okay and I think that why can't we just float with support of one another why do we have to sink or swim and so I really I'm so passionate about this project and I'm really passionate about helping colleagues and helping fellow social workers and professionals in the field and that's why I said like I wanted to collaborate with you and and really really uh, do the work so that you know, other social workers don't feel how I felt, you know, that's not something that I wish on anybody. And if I can help, you know, I'm super passionate. So I also wanted to make sure that I, I wanted to provide just so much information in training. So I have to make sure that I like, okay, this is the important stuff. Don't go based on emotion. (laughs) That's that's what I have to check with myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something that I have to check with myself and have that awareness, you know, because I, again, you know, I have vicarious trauma, I went through that. And so, um, you know, imposter syndrome, very real, vicarious trauma is very real. And so my experience post grad, postgraduate school really, really was something that I'm still processing. And so I have to make sure that I'm stay, you know, in that trainer mindset when I'm having these trainings. And I just, uh, (laughs) it's just so excited. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, yes, I know. I'm excited too. Because being in having friends in different fields and lines of work, it is not normal to feel burnt out and stressed and exhausted every single day, every single week in your job. Like that is just not normal. Most people, Go to their work they're happy functioning people mm-hmm. and okay maybe not you the majority of people because <laughs> <laughs> then we get into the whole of like well Americans are depressed argument but it's not normal to have vicarious trauma at work it's not normal to not feel supported it's not normal to not have the resources that you need to effectively do your job and so And so all of these things combined, I definitely do contribute to that imposter syndrome that you were talking about, which I don't know if, if everyone's, if you're not familiar with imposter syndrome, it's essentially feeling like where you are or what you're trying to do is, um, let's see, I need the definition, but can you pull it? Are you in your computer and to pull up the definition? Um, yeah, I
1: can. The okay. you want the specific um, definition? <laughs> yeah,
0: because oh, I feel okay. like that really sums up kind of what I'm trying to say. So, um, so basically, like if you're, it's, it's yeah, I have it right it, here. It's the
1: psychological okay. pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite yes. external evidence of their competence. Yes. That's a pretty good sum up. <laughs> That's yes. exactly how I felt, you know, having just like my own, I, I, everyone's journey is different. And then just, I speak a little bit about that in, in my, in our episode, in my, in, I, in the podcast about being an immigrant, you know, being like all of the barriers that I face to be where I am today, that really played a lot to um, my imposter syndrome. Like I'm, I'm not supposed to be accomplished with the masters because of my suffering right of everything that I went through in my life like it, it just started to internalize like no 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 I, I'm i not I'm a fraud I'm not supposed to be here and then as soon as I, I trust me as soon as you start working with the patients it it all kind of just falls into place and it just starts mm-hmm. clicking and when you get the validation more than anything when you get those validations from the patients like you're you helped me so much you saved my life it's it it all kind of goes away where you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm supposed to be here.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I totally, totally agree. When I got my, when I got my LCSW, I was, I stayed at the same job with hospice for like four years, partly Mm -hmm. because I thought, well, I really can't do anything else. I don't know anything else. So I'm just going to stay here. I love the work, but that was part of it. And then I moved on uh to a new job because they were not able to pay me what I needed for my license and so with my new job I did get a pay raise but at the same time I was like oh who am I to be providing clinical therapy to these people but I found that yes I had my tools I did I did reach out for more information. I did more trainings. I got in there with the clients and with all of these tools and additional support, I was able to really feel like I belonged, like I was there, like I could communicate effectively and document effectively my worth and my value for why I'm needed on this team. Mm -hmm. Because again, with so many budget cuts and people are always looking to to downsize and decrease our our pay, you have to be able to show and document that the services are needed. And we mm-hmm. talk, I know we talk a lot about a lot about that in the first module of the course, that just being able to to show what you're doing, valid validate that the services are needed for the client, being able to document your care plan. Being able to do a complete assessment of everything, you know, just just showing that the client does need help and they do need your services, and this is exactly what you're going to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I think that a lot of the times, I know at times I felt, and this is something that I also normalized in the training, that I remember being buried in documentation. I remember saying, "Oh my gosh, I have." Is seventy to eighty percent of my time. I feel like I'm documenting. Like I didn't go to my master's program for this. This is not why I went into the field. I remember. I remember that. I remember saying like, I'm not even doing. I'm not even making a difference because I'm so busy documenting. But you know, once you step out of that, <laughs> once you step out of that um, mindset and that like crisis mode, right, that you're in when you're buried in documentation, it, it, you really. Value that how important documentation is, and um, now that I'm currently studying for my LCSW and just going over just a lot of things, it's it's so important because documentation is everything. You know, if it did, if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. And it, I really emphasize that in the training in terms of I know it. Trust me, it's normal. It's validated. Your emotions are validated when you're start to question your own work because of how you're consumed with this documentation, but I think that a lot of it is our own um, insecurities in the work that we're doing in terms of, again, like, am I even documenting correctly? Am I even doing this correctly? And I think a lot of that was just this lack of organization of having control of it, I think was really what played into that. And so I think once you master, um, and when you develop the skill set to do to do proper documentation, proper care plan, um care plans and treatment plans and assessments, I think that's when you start getting into your own groove and getting really comfortable, where it, it, it all kind of flows together and you start seeing the importance of it. So that's hopefully what I I hope to give to um the professionals taking the training to kind of just say like step back a little bit I know a lot of time is being spent on documentation but this is why and this is why it's so important so Mm -hmm. so yeah for sure
0: so we have a couple minutes left I just wanted to quickly go through you know what we're going to be covering in the essentials for the future therapist Mm -hmm. so one it's going to Like I said, it's going to be a five-course series meant to really increase your confidence, just make you feel like you have the tools that you need and the support that you need, which is equally important. So after each module, every week, Leslie and I are going to be in the private Facebook group reviewing the module for that week and then also answering your questions, doing some conversation, and just making sure that you really, really understand what's going on. And then also too, there will be other future therapists just like you who are in the group and are able to also offer their support and the information. And so I'm, help- I'm really excited that the collective knowledge that yes. we're going to have in this group, I'm just so, so excited for this to start. Like I can't even. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm most excited for these, um, these little breakout, um, group sessions in the in the group, because I feel like that f- first I do better with um, human interaction, so I do just better <laughs> instead of just talking to myself. I do so much better you know with that collaboration and just i it's so important just that community support and I think that we're we'll be able to clarify a lot of what you know the trainings one thing but I think this is where you know I expect tons of questions and I'm so excited to answer them and just clarify certain things and um but yeah I'm really really excited for that because yeah. I Again, this is all based on my experience, your experience, and so I'm just so excited to learn from other social workers. Like, hey, I actually used this book or I actually used this resource. Oh, my goodness. Great. This is so amazing.
0: <laughs> yes, which is so powerful because you and I know that even one tool or one strategy, one intervention can massively impact a client and change their entire life mm-hmm and exactly. it can their outcome and so even just getting one little nugget of information can have such such a huge impact and we have so many nuggets in this, in mm-hmm. this course so we're gonna we're gonna do be covering treatment planning thera- therapy styles and documentation so the treatment planning is going to be how to do the assessments how to do the care plan, the mm-hmm. therapy styles and documentation. Do you want to talk, just briefly mention the the styles that we're going to cover?
1: Um, what we, so personally, so this is one of the things that I, I learned in my postgraduate was that we all develop our own style in therapy. So I feel that a lot of individuals feel pressured to fit in a certain box, which is not the case. Once you're in the field, you'll learn that we all have our own style. A lot of people are very strength based. You know, there's social workers out there. I believe you are, right, Catherine? Very strength-based yes. oriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And individuals are, you know, motivational interviewing is their thing. And so it's really it's such a collection of things. And remember that we're gonna develop our own skill set, our own style. And my personal go-to is um DBT you know cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy are my go-to that is my that is my strength and so a lot some some individuals don't really ha- feel comfortable or don't feel like they're ready to do it and so that's one thing that I'm going to speak to we're going to talk about all the different um, I guess the majority of, of the therapeutic styles and how you can apply them in 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 um, in treatment and so it's really learning from really learning that to take from different therapeutic styles and just find which one fits you find which one you're comfortable with and which one that you feel you're making more of a difference in session because you're comfortable you know and the confidence and competence of it is going to really um, show in your in the field and so that's one of the things that we're going to talk about in that training and then along with that it's how is that going to look in documentation because you can do these amazing things in session and then the patient leaves and you're like oh how am i supposed to document that right we just had this powerful <laughs> we just had this powerful session and what what did i do you sit in front of the computer like what what did i just do and so those are the tools that you know, we're, we're going to be talking about. And so it's, it's more so I really want to, um, I want to kind of, if I can describe it in any way, I remember in my, in my, when I worked in community mental health, I would have my office and I would have fellow um, social workers and professionals in in the clinic, they would come into my office, because remember, I had, I worked in a clinic that really had really high turnaround. And um, every three months, it was a new, new therapist or new case manager every three to six months. And so a lot of the times I always left my door open after, after patients. And I, some of them would come into the office and say, Hey, I really need help with this documentation, or I had this session and I don't know what to write. Can you please help? And so I, I really cherish those moments, you know, being able to be there to support fellow clinicians. And so this training is really just, that, that is exactly what I want this to be. I don't want that because I'm not, I'm not here. We are both not here to teach you what you learned in your master's program. Not at all. This is more so you're in the field. you have already the tools that you need to be amazing social workers? You have the skills, but this is how you might apply them in the field. And so that's where that guidance, that support that, that room and space for you to ask questions, make mistakes, and just have fellow social workers just help you along the way. That is what I want this training to be.
0: Definitely, definitely. And also I'm excited. So I saw the documentation handouts that you gave me, and I'm, I'm super excited to use them. I'm going to use them in my own work like today. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> Increase my own documents. Um, and then also too, so the last three modules are going to be the cognitive model, which you're going to mm-hmm. dive deep into. And I'm mm-hmm. really excited to learn more about that. The vital skill sets. And last but not least, probably most important, termination.
1: Yes, which is probably the hardest, but
0: <laughs> yes. yes, And yes. the most important. Yes. So I'm really, really excited. And then, of course, as a bonus to everyone who who wants to join us in this course, you're going to get the therapy tools that Leslie and I use. You're going to get a lot of of great resources. So we are combining all of our resources that we use, that we find helpful. We're not getting kickbacks from these resources. It's just kind of just telling you, like, this is what we have found to be helpful You're also Mm -hmm. going to get the private group to connect with other future therapists and to learn from them. And also we're going to be doing a total of five hours of live course walkthroughs with the Q and A. So this helps you be able to listen to the course first or later, whatever. We don't judge, listen to the course and then hop in for the live sessions. We're going to review everything and make sure that you really really understand it and just be there for support for you guys so mm-hmm. we're hoping that the group can be a support a cheerleader support when things aren't going good and and motivation for you so
1: Mhm. I'm most excited about those little groups because I think that I just I just do so much better with that interaction and I just cannot wait to just the, surround myself with that energy of other social workers and just being able to bounce ideas off each other and just I'm most excited about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure, me too. So if you want more information on the course, just slide up in the DMs at Social socialworkersrise on Instagram. You can also send me an email social workers rise at gmail.com. And I will be happy to send you a little email on more course information. So you have everything, the registration information, all of that fun stuff. I'm super excited to talk to you soon. And thank you so much, Leslie. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much again for, for having me back and for really um, collaborating with me and making this possible because I'm so excited and I'm so grateful. I wish I had this when I graduated from my master's program and I'm just so excited.
0: Oh, my this gosh, is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. I'll be talking to you soon. Um And we're going to do some Instagram lives too. I'm excited for that. Yes,
1: definitely.
0: All right. Take care. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Catherine. Bye. Hey, it's Catherine here. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I wanted to give you an announcement and just let you know what I have been up to and what I have planned coming up. I always want to be honest and transparent with you as much as I can, if you listen to my first episode, then you know that when I first started this podcast back in February, oh, how the world was such a different place, <laughs> and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but that's okay, and I'm glad that I took the leap. I'm glad that I committed and saw this through for basically every week. I think I might have missed a week or two, but... For the most part, I'm really happy with how everything has been going. I have absolutely loved, loved, loved all of our guests that have been on the show. And, you know, I didn't know what to do or how this was going to work or really anything, but I knew knew there was a problem. I knew that the way the industry was and my experience. Honestly, I didn't even know about the industry. I mean, I, I work in it, but it wasn't until I really took that leap of faith and dove into it and started really immersing myself in the different conversations going on and talking to other social workers that I was validated in my experience that my experience of burnout and crying over the dishes because I was so overwhelmed and so stressed out that that it's pretty common and I was I wasn't shocked to hear that because you know you're warned in grad school say oh well you know it's a really hard thing and we don't get into it for the money and all of these things well you know now I have bills to pay and I need to have a job for the money And I also need to have a job that fulfills me and that helps me accomplish what I'm put on here on this earth to do. I'm put on this earth to help other people and social work allows me to do that. And I don't want to lose that spark, that spark that you have when you're in grad school and you're graduating and you're so excited you're going to go out and And save the world one person at a time or one system at a time, whatever it is. Don't ever lose that passion. Don't ever lose that. And often I hear that social workers are jaded and they are burnt out and they're miserable. And I hate that. That really breaks my heart. Because I know that we all got into this field because... We are passionate about helping other people. We want to make a difference. We have a sense of resilience about us. We have been through some stuff, you guys. I know that if you're listening to this, you have seen the ugliness of the real world. And it can be a cold, dark place. And we have gotten into this field because we want to help other people. Through that experience. That's why we're here. So, this podcast was just a small step in my journey towards helping other social workers. And in this process, over the past few months, I have been stretched and uncomfortable, and learning and growing and talking and all of these things. And I'm just so, so grateful to be here, to have you listening right now. And I'm really just excited to be contributing to the social work industry in my own way. And I've realized that given my experiences and my areas of expertise, the way that I can be most efficient is really helping the new and incoming social workers who are now entering this field. I don't want anyone else to be burnt out. I want to be able to help. Of course, I want to help everybody, but (laughs) that's just not realistic. So I'm starting with what I can do. And I'm really going to focus in on the Essentials for Future Therapists, that five-course series that we have been talking about. So I am really, really excited that I am given this opportunity Well, I wasn't given it. I created this opportunity for myself to help other people and to really live out my passion and my mission of helping social workers because I love, love, love social workers so much. So I'm not, and I want to just let you know, you know, I'm not so naive as to believe that that social work is never going to be hard because it is. And I'm not so naive to think that there will never be any personal struggles with, with the people that, that I help or that Social Workers Rise touches because there will be. But what I really hope to create is a community that other social workers don't feel like they're alone, that we're less burnt out, that we're more empowered to advocate for ourselves and when we do that, when we really harness our own personal power, then we are going to be so, so much more effective for our clients because when we're burnt out, we are of no service to anybody. If anything, we can harm our clients more by by missing the signs, by missing the cues. We just turn into part of the system that they have been through and that has failed them. And so I'm really, really excited to be able to embark on this journey and to help other people and to have you along with me. So I wanted to let you know, you know, as a listener of this podcast, I feel like you deserve to know that I'm choosing to, to record probably two more episodes. One, so we're, it's June right now. So there'll be one more in June and then one more in the beginning of the July. And after that, I am going to take a break. From the podcast, so I can really, really focus all of my attention and efforts on the Essentials for Future Therapists course because there's it's it's a pre-recorded course, so you can do it at your own time, but we want to make sure that all of your questions are answered, that you have our full attention, that we are able to expand on the information in the pre-recorded course in the live sessions. So within the private community, we'll be doing weekly live sessions with myself and Leslie, just to make sure that you have all of your questions answered, you have all the tools that you need, and just to give that support and guidance to you. So I want to be fully present for you and for that group. So also with that, I'm going to be planning for a season two of Social Workers Rise, there's gonna be a brand new season. It's gonna be better than ever. This season was amazing, and I'm so, so grateful to every single guest. So, I'll be planning the season for probably around the fall time, like end of summer to start. So, if you feel like there's a topic that I need to cover that's really important, or if you wanna be a guest on the show, I I'm taking signups right now. <laughs> uh, if you want to just share your experiences and contribute to this amazing community that we are building, I am all ears. I am all ears. And I welcome you with open arms. Well, not open arms because of COVID, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so shoot me a DM if you want to Be on the VIP list for the Essentials for Future Therapists, or if you even want to be a guest on the season two of Social Workers Rise. Until then, I will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, write a review and give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. This just helps other people just like you find us and join our community. Also, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at Social Workers Rise. I can't wait to see you next week. Bye.